This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello out there, disaster divas. It is a very special new release week here on the Disaster Girls podcast, and it is I, your co-host, Jordan Cruciola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. And what a treat to be able to talk about a movie that is, perhaps only but briefly, in theaters. It did get into a theater at some point. Yeah. It did require both of us to go to the Universal City Walk, which I deeply resented, but I went. I, it's so... Sorry, guys, I'm going to bitch about this for a second. Yeah. It, I don't mind going to the city walk. I don't have a problem. Put me in Jurassic Parking. I'm in. But mm-hmm. they do this thing where it, it's part of Universal Studios. Like, it's like, do you want to go to the movies? Do you want to go to the theme park? So, of course, they charge for parking like you're going yes. to a fucking theme park. But if you're going to the theater, you can go in and get a rebate at the counter for your parking. Yes. So they, they charge just... you 25 at the booth, and then you can go get 20, like 30 at the booth maybe. Then you yes, get 30. 25 back. When you go to, why not just look at my fucking ticket? Why not just be like, where is your proof of admission for the movie? Because when you go up to the desk, they obviously are like, can we see your ticket? Because so, we're about to give you $25 back. Instead of having me pay, 30 fucking dollars and then going and taking that out of the till from the AMC upstairs just charge me five dollars if I show you my ticket what the hell well what's funny as I think about it is that actually you could just like buy a kid's ticket or a senior ticket and then you get a discount on the on the parking and maybe that's the theory maybe that's what they're trying to avoid because well, the whole thing do. is absolutely Because I'd still ridiculous. walk directly into the AMC and be like, here's my ticket. Like, they don't say you have to sit and watch the movie. There's no. no requirement built in there that I have to watch it. No, it's and just, I, and if yeah. you're, an, a, if you're an, an AMC A-list member like myself, yeah, you, you could just go in there and get 30, get $25. Okay, guys, here we go. Hack. <laughs> we you've got it here this is the official city walk hack is <laughs> yeah. if you're regardless of where you're going if you're going to the universal studios or wherever you are mm. theoretically we're not endorsing it but potentially mm. this is a thing that you could do it, it is um, it seems like yeah no i i i don't like i have not been to city walk in i can tell you exactly 15 years oh my god i have not been since october or november of 2007 but they have because that was the last what am i what do i need to be in an imax for i'm a small person the screen is still very large i have there's no movie that i've been like i need to see this in imax i I have no desire i don't i don't need it i i yeah yeah i the last time i went was i was dating a guy who lived in burbank and worked at nbc so we would go to city walk quite a bit and mm-hmm. then we would go we would also sneak into universal studios because there used to be a back entrance you could get in from the employee parking lot oh gosh yeah so we we would do that occasionally um but I, I, my feeling as an la resident mm-hmm. is that 
you have to make a choice in your life at a certain point of which level, which difficult touristy but local thing, yeah, shopping experience you want. Do you want the annoying shopping touristy experience of going to the Grove? Mm-hmm. Do you want the annoying touristy shopping experience of going to the Third Street Promenade? <laughs> or do you want the annoying shopping experience of going to City Walk? And for me, like just because of location, because of the the farmer's market the grove is where i'm like god if i have to go somewhere i guess I'm well gonna i go just to the grove. i just love the grove i just I, love the grove i love the grove third street promenade is always just like a little bit busy for me to in for me yeah. to like really luxuriate in it but the grove's like disneyland the mall and yeah, then it is. the city yeah. walk but like i go to the city walk for movies and if you're going to a late show at the city walk guys i don't know what time the transition over happens but at a certain point maybe it's like 10 p.m maybe it's 9 30 they just straight up stop charging for parking so well, they're not doing that right now because it's um, what's it called? It's oh, Halloween now it's Horror Halloween Nights. Horror Nights. Yeah, now yeah. it's Universal Halloween Horror Nights. So that's probably very true. Um, and this was your theme park episode of, of Disaster Girls. Yeah, and I, <laughs> despite my despite my love of scary movies, that is well on record. Uh, I will yeah. not do haunts. I do not no. do haunts. I don't want real life scares or spooky things. Uh, that is too much, and I do not participate. Yeah, no, don't like it. That was part of why I went to this. That's part of why I remember that was the last time I went to City Walk was because we then went on to Halloween Horror Nights. And I was like, <laughs> this is the worst experience of my life. I It was viscerally awful yeah. on every... I am someone who does not enjoy being scared. Nope. I don't enjoy any... And I was like, maybe I can do this. Like, I was going, obviously, with a guy I was dating because I'm an idiot. And I was like, yeah, no, maybe I can do this. Like, they're just people. I know how this works. Nope. The minute that somebody ran up to me with a goddamn chainsaw and knee pads and then skidded on their knee pads and made sparks, I was like, no, this is this is all much too dangerous for me. (laughs) And I have a very strong fight or flight response of fight in those situations. (laughs) And that's just like me being confrontational with the haunters is not their job to have to fucking deal with me. Like, that is unfair. That's... That's not nice. It's not me having a good time, but I no. want to like square up on people doing that. And so it's like, no, why would I fucking do that? And That's, the last I, I appreciate little... that you're showing that restraint to be like, no, 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 no. I don't need to harass these people who are doing this. I don't need to be their problem that night. <laughs> and the last thing I will say that is a complete unrelated thing is that Sam Weinman, friend of the show, uh, he said something recently about getting a Ouija board. And I was like, I will not participate. And I no. will not, I will not do it. And he was like, oh, you can just hang out well. And I was like, no, I won't. I will leave the room. I will leave the house. I will not be present for a fucking Ouija board. No. Nope. I mean, as somebody who watches quite a bit of horror, you would think that Sam would understand that that's not a thing that one can casually be in the presence of. I just of. don't. I just, it's like, like you don't need if to it's get not like real, an ancillary. What's the point? And if it is yeah. real, then ne- absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. I won't say Candyman. Four times in the mirror. I won't. I, for, I I won't like when like you play Bloody Mary when we were little. I wouldn't do. I I I won't do that either. Like force is bigger than me, man. I'm not here to fuck with that stuff. I think that's extremely reasonable. Like you just there are certain things you don't need to go out poking at. And uh, speaking of yeah, speaking, speaking of, of things you don't need to go out poking at. One could argue that uh. Going into the middle of the bush and fucking with lions, not a thing that needs to be poked at either. No, no. I, um, I, I really had a good time with this movie. You know what the weirdest thing was that happened at my screening of Beast? 
What was the weirdest thing that happened at your screening of Beast? Probably more than halfway through, the two people sitting next to me left. Okay, so I've got a lot of questions about well, actually, like, I actually only have a couple questions, but wait, how many people were in it that there was someone sitting next to you? It was actually there... quite full. Really? It was a quite full Sunday, like early evening screening. And it, when I was getting my seats, like the, the auditorium was at least 60%. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And, but like, if you of sound mind and body walked into Beast. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing walking out? What? Yeah, you know what you're getting into what at that point. What the hell was not happening <laughs> or that was happening that you were so out of sorts about that you were <laughs> like, fuck this. It's like, I don't know. They what... kept waiting for Megan Fox to show up. Yeah, like what? <laughs> what was the cow? Like, I wish I could have just followed them out the door just to hear their immediate, like two sentences they said as soon as they exited the door. Just yeah. to, like, understand how was this not the bill of goods? You And, hey, maybe they're AMCA list members, too. But if you're not, I can't, unless it is the only movie I, I've ever really, truly wanted to leave was the live-action Rocky and Bullwinkle. And, okay. <laughs> and I was even quite young at that point. I was like, I hate this. But, like... <laughs> I can't imagine at this point in my life, like spending my own money on a ticket and being like, I'm going to leave movies. Oh, this is Los Angeles. Movies are not fucking cheap. You've just paid. Yeah. $30 for parking. If you don't remember to get your, your money at the door, how could you, how could well, you? And also this is a movie that delivers exactly what they told you was going exactly. to happen. Exactly. Like there is no twist. There is, no. they tell you from the opening moments when we get the first act of lion opening vengeance mm -hmm. and the lion kills a bunch of poachers, the first, like we know from there on out, here's what you're going to get. You're going to get a troubled man. Mm -hmm. You're going to get his estranged daughters and you're going to get a lot of lions. And we know that from the trailer. Like, yeah, it is. The buy-in is one to one. Yeah, this is not like a don't worry, darling situation where there's a twist coming and it turns out like something ha like the right. line wasn't real after all. No, yeah. this is all exactly what we're being told. And if you get halfway through, because this is not a long movie. No, if you get it's halfway not. Through, it's like an hour and a half. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe you could be like, I guess, how much more can I watch them in a car screaming? But uh -huh. honestly, you could do about 45 more minutes of it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair amount of time to, to spend watching people scream inside a car as a lion attacks it. I thought it. they made the car surprisingly dynamic. I Yes, so like, let's just jump right into it. Yeah. I mean, I... So yeah, I agree. I think that it is... So this is... A, the basic concept of the movie is that Idris Elba and his two daughters, Nora and oh, Meredith... Meredith, yeah. Yeah, Nora and Meredith are going back to South Africa to the village that their mother was from mm -hmm. the mother has died the father was of course estranged from the family yeah. at the time and now has a little bit of a drinking problem yeah. and just like general daughter issues and fully cops to like i was a failure i wasn't there for my yeah. kids i thought i'd have more time i completely phoned it in when my like me and my separated when she had cancer like he cops to it all drunkenly yeah. at the start of the movie to charlotte copley his friend who what they're a, going to what see. a great drunk actor that was a great drunk performance on idris's part Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed watching. Like, there were little details that were yeah. just like, oh, yeah, that's right. You're still drunk. That's why you're talking like this. Yeah. He just did a like sometimes the drunk acting is just you're like, oh, come on, man. 
he, if you told me that he was actually, if you told me he had gone method on that, I would have believed you. It was a great <laughs> yeah. delivery. And like the biggest thing for me in terms of believability and reality index of it, mm-hmm. I fully believed every moment along the way that he would make every choice he did. I also fully believed that he was the worst possible person to have in any of these situations at any given moment. No yeah, one besides, made worse choices in this movie than Idris Elba's character. Besides him being a doctor, total yeah. liability. Uh, Martin, who is his friend, who is like the he's the game warden now at this reserve. Martin Slash, tells like, him to speak. on the sly, he kills yeah. poachers. Yeah, he's he's an anti-poacher. Yeah, so he's, fully he's killed straight people. up out there killing guys who are killing yeah. killing animals. And hey, Mar- fine. Yeah, not a problem. Martin tells him. Stay in the car. He doesn't stay in the car. Martin tells him, stay with the girls. Don't let them come in here. Yeah. He does not stay with the girls. He lets them come in there. Mm-hmm. He, every step of the way, I was like, oh, I see. You're actually just a crappy dad. Yeah, you're a terrible like, father. Your, your, even your if, oldest daughter is so right to hate you. Yeah. Like, even if his wife hadn't died, I would have been like, yeah, you know what? That I'm kind of I'm kind of on board with the idea that your daughters would be estranged from you anyway, because you suck. You're bad at this. Like, it's it works because it's Idris Elba, and he's yeah. inherently charming. But as you're watching it, like every single thing in my notes is just like, no, don't do that. Why are you doing that? Get back in the car. Stop doing that. These are bad choices. Every choice is a bad choice. And every choice he prioritizes everyone above his daughters, which I found consistent but fascinating. (laughs) It was was consistent. Um, And I just loved Charlotte Copley as he... He was uh, there's a, actually one of my favorite moments in the movie is when the two guys are having their drunk reunion and mm-hmm. he knew uh, the the dead one, the dead mom, classic dead mom. He knew the dead mom as they were children. They, they kind of grew up together. His family, his white family would go vacation in the bush where her family lived. And they um, he's like, you know, she was the first person to get me interested in wildlife. And he you know, they're having this emotional talk. And Idris is like. Why didn't you come to the funeral? Like, seriously, very valid mm-hmm. question. Because this is they're like a trio. He introduced these two to get yeah. married, like after college. Like they are they're 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 a, a, a real three buddy threesome. And then he looks at me is like, you really want to know? I couldn't stand to see her buried in a concrete box in New York City. Um, and I don't think it's what she would have wanted either. And how about we just leave it at that, huh? And it was yeah. like, oh, wow. Like, there was just, there was such a nice layered amount of character detail about, like, him and his values and the yeah. wife, the mother and her values and what she may have compromised and sacrificed to have this life with him in the States, in the concrete jungle, big city. Um, and the the distance that her own children have from where she's from. I really loved that moment. I thought it accomplished, it really elegantly accomplished a lot, telling us about these characters when we're just about to get into the lion stuff really fast. Yeah, it was a beautiful, like, it was really beautifully done. The relationship between Martin and, was his name Nate? Is that what he just Nate, yes. Nate. He gets, like, like, snappy at a guy at one point. He's like, hey, Dr. Nate. It's like, Mm-hmm. This guy's a fucking, he works in an animal preserve in South Africa. Don't Dr. Nate him. Like, fuck yeah. off, dude. Nate, Nate, Nate's a little bit of a dick. Yeah. Um, but it was like, I loved how lived in that relationship was. I loved yeah. that, like, we got a sense of it. And that the girls, and the girls, like, know him and know who he, call him Uncle Martin. Yeah. And have more affection for him than they have for their father. <laughs> yeah. 
The daughters were for me the highlight of this movie. They were they were 100%. great sister actors. Amazing sister great actors. Great sister actors. Great disaster children. Mm-hmm. Like again, every time that Nate made a choice, I was yelling at I was like, "Don't do that!" But every time that either of those girls made a choice, I was like, "That's these are our future." I they like are our the leaders. I would follow them into battle. I yeah. like the moments that this movie gives them because they do yeah. do something where it's like. You know, where they do, where they are just very childlike in this, in like kind of like their lack of forethought in very certain points. But other times they're just like, they're like really believably heroic of just like girls who know how to take care of each other. And I really like that the movie let them have some cool, like, at one point there's a grand battle between the lion and Idris Elba and they're, he's under a car and he's trying mm-hmm. to get the dark gun that he's dropped and the situation gets resolved temporarily by the little doll- daughter hanging herself out a window and as Idris says, stabbing the lion in the ass with a trank dart to just like get him out of there and, and yeah. that's the littlest daughter and then the grown daughter has like a real sense of responsibility to other people that's really sweet and like she's like, we can't leave your, like, we can't leave Uncle Martin out there. Like, what are you thinking? Like, no, we can't. They're not like, she's not like, we got to get out of here. We got to get home. They're like, how could you leave him? We can't yeah. leave him. We got to go back. And they're like, they're all about Uncle Martin. And everybody is. And I love that. But yeah, they're yeah. great disaster kids. And I'm really glad Idris Elba's daughter didn't get the part. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like, I think that that. I have no idea how she is as an actress. The actresses that they had were Zero. fantastic. I have no sense of Idris I have Elba's no idea of what done. her daughter, his daughter is like, but those actresses were fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I, you're right. Like they, they consistently made choices that were appropriate for their age. There was mm-hmm. nothing that was ever like, wow, this is precocious. Yeah. But, um, then <laughs> yeah. also there was never, they never had a terrible disaster child moment. They were a little yeah. whiny in the beginning about like it being hot, yeah. which whatever, but in, in a teen way, in a normal yeah. child way. And then once the situation starts to unfold, they are very much just like strapped into this is the reality of it. And this mm-hmm. is what we just got to do. And I I mean, I loved I, I loved watching them. I would have almost preferred this entire movie with just the two of them over Nate because I didn't need most of Nate's story <laughs> because Nate tended to make things worse mm-hmm. um, and also and definitely didn't make things better. Um, I do love the idea of like them just going to visit Uncle Martin, yeah, and it just being him and Charles, like Charles o. Copley and the girls. Yeah, I liked him. Like I was pretty, I was mostly just indifferent on Nate, and loved Charles o. Yeah. and I really, I really hoped he was gonna make it. I know. I really I hoped he was gonna make it. I get that we had to lose like one of our we heroes, lose somebody. It wasn't gonna be the kids thank god and like yeah no it's probably not gonna be Giselle so like and you know that he goes in a moment of self-sacrifice that doesn't really get vindicated by its outcome (laughs) right I mean the 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 issue with a moment of self-sacrifice at the midpoint of any movie is that or of a of a movie where there is a disaster monster is that there's one of two things it's got to be in vain and it's either in Mm -hmm. vain because this is an indestructible animal or because there's a second one yeah yeah, and in this case, we were dealing with indestructible. This was the the Jason of lions. Like this lion did not stop. Yeah, and like you know, credit to the lion, his pride, his whole pride is is taken mm-hmm. out by poachers. And you know, we've done rogue on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, as as Charlotte says, he this lion has gone rogue, and it is now just like as he says, it's like it knows who its enemy is. 
Like yes. humans are getting more invasive. They've stopped targeting uh, just rhinos and elephants. They're now hunting down uh, lions to excess. And he knows that we people, not specifically the poachers, but we people just generally humans in general. are the fucking enemy. And so now he's coming to kill us all. Because this lion is is coming to is coming to kill us all. This lion would is Muja's foot foot soldier. This yeah, this is the rock. This is the Rambo down. of lions. Yeah, this lion would take every fucking person. He takes down a village of like kind, sweet people. He doesn't give yeah. a shit. He's just out here for blood. Yeah, yeah. So we we see like early the first indication that something is amiss is when they like go looking for a village, and then the entire village is just dead. It's yeah, empty. They're dead or all gone. the people are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it's it's very clearly been done by a lion, but they haven't eaten anything, which means that it's killing for sport. Yeah, which just I can't decide. Killing. Do you think it's scarier if a lion is killing for sport or if a lion is killing and eating and just is like unstoppably bloodthirsty and wants to eat them all? I would. Which do you think is worse? I I would go with worse the sport killing just because it more higher volume faster. Okay. It's, if it's a question of feeding, there could at least be times where it's like, okay, well, he's not going to eat again for like a couple hours. So then yeah. you like you would at least have like buffers built in where the lion is full, versus just ripping and shredding and biting its way through a high a body count as possible is like fuck. There's okay. No yeah, time. I think that's fair. Yeah, I couldn't decide if I was more terrified of the idea of a lion that has a taste for flesh or right. if it's just a lion that enjoys hunting for the sport Both of it. I bad. couldn't decide. Both bad yeah. for us. Not ideal. Not ideal situations. And I, I like to say, in that moment when he was like, he, that was the moment when I, that, that scene though was the moment when I really fully turned on Nate because when Martin says, stay with the girls, don't let them come in here. And he promptly tells the girls, stay, stay there, close. and then goes in. Stay close. Yeah, I'm going to walk stay- in this door where you're not supposed to go. Stay close. Oh, Jesus. Go. Go, 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 go. Don't stay close. It's like, he just fucking what? told you. Yeah, he just told, like, what did you think? It's like as if Martin, you know, opens a can of milk and is like, hey, this has gone bad. Don't smell it. And Nate immediately is like, what if I just smell this carton of milk? Yeah, and handed it to my children and said, try yeah. this and tell me if it's bad. Exactly. And then, of course, once this happens... Mare and so Nora, the younger one, goes missing. It's Nori. It's is it Nori? I thought it was Nora. I think it's Nori. Okay. So she goes missing. And Nate turns around and says to Mare, You had one job. Yeah, like you? I'm sorry. She did not have a job. You delegated your job to the child. Yeah. Yeah. You you failed once again. Yeah. More responsibility. No, you're right. It's Nora. I thought they it called is, her yeah. Nori, but you're right. It's Nora. They might have called her Nori, but her name was Nora. Yeah. And yeah. And Meredith very assertively goes by Mare. She's like, yeah. it's Mare now, which is a very, it was a great teen thing to do. And I just have to say, moment. pulling in this movie, this has a very respectable 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. Because it's, for what it is, it's a perfect movie. No, this I'm really, a, I felt yeah. like I, I was sure I was going to be let down. This yeah. feels like a, a accurate and a great assessment yeah yeah 68 solid everybody get out there and have a good time yeah so that was that was the moment though when i was like no this is not her job she did not have one job no your job was to protect your daughters and instead you decided to go look at the massacre which that's on you dude and you like your whole deal with this trip was like i'm gonna prove i'm a dad yeah (laughs) i'm gonna prove to these girls i'm a dad and yeah. um, then you immediately are like, hey, kid, 
why didn't you do your job of caring for your sister in this dangerous situation? It's like, mm, you're a fucking asshole. Okay. Yeah. And then he turns around and the next thing that happens, they're all back in the car and then promptly they find, like they come across one of the villagers who's bleeding out mm. and Martin gets out of the car, tells Nate to stay in the car. Nate gets out of the car, tells the girls to stay in the car, and yeah. it's like, and, but doesn't leave them with keys. Right. Like gives them no escape options, gives them nothing. And doesn't come on, just guys. say like, I'm going to go treat this man in the road. No. Stay here. Like, I, I'm going because I have a duty of care to this man. Yeah. So you have to stay here. But I'm going to be in your line of sight the whole time. He's just like, stay here. Just stay and just walk. No communication. No. No. And that's leaving the girls to the, the panic. Dad, where are you going? Yeah. Wait, Dad, come back. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, okay, even if this doesn't unfold into a further traumatizing situation, you're not building a level of trust here with these girls. No. And it would be yeah. easy to just tell them what you're doing. Yeah. Because, like, I and get it. You're going to try and stop th this guy from dying in the road and it's not going to work. But, like, you're giving your kids nothing to go on, Nate. Yeah. You got you to gotta at least tell them, like, hey, heads up. Here's the plan. And there's no <laughs> yeah. plan. And then but there's no plan. And then there's no plan. He is a bad. I, I at that point, I wrote in all caps, bad disaster dad in my notes. <laughs> because that was the moment where I was finally like, you know what? I'm, I, I will ride or die for these girls and I will feed him to the lion if I have to. And speaking of like and like the lived in aspect of him and Martin's uh, relationship. Charlotte Copley is perhaps one of his greatest strengths as an actor is immediately feeling like he's always been real like you meet a charlotte character and you're like i know that guy's whole life yeah and he this character just feels like idris elba and the production found this guy in south africa who was just so exactly what they needed that they were like hey we're making this movie and you're kind of perfect can we just like join you on your day-to-day and you like do some dramatic stuff for us. And he was like, yeah, definitely. Because yeah. I'm an adventures. I'm an adventures kind of guy. Like this. Yeah. When the, when the lions run, like the lions running up to hug him. And I was oh, just like, yeah, those lions God. hugging him. Probably they go way back. Yeah. Like these the aren't even, personally. this isn't even CGI. Charlotte Copley's just friends just, with lions in South Africa. Lions. I'm yeah. buying it. I'm buying that, it. Yeah. I did not have any doubt in my mind when that moment happened. I was like, that's just what it is. That's just reality right there. That's actually happening on the, t on the film. Yeah. I, I really, he just, you know, he doesn't come up a ton, but when he does, I always enjoy him so much. And he is, he's even really compelling when he like, cause he gets mauled and we see like the aftermath of it and his mm -hmm. legs have been ripped to shit. And even just watching him, like slowly dying was like I'm so interested in being with his character right now like yeah I want to see him just fading away and he's not gonna die yet they like and we get a great triage medical love a triage medical moment in a movie Oof. where the doctor's on the walkie-talkie and he's got to be like all right I'm gonna need you to carterize your own artery right now so oh take your lighter and make your knife really hot then shove your knife into that laceration from a lion's claw and close that artery. Can you do that for me? And it's like, those moments are great. We get a great impromptu surgery moment in yeah. our home base car, our home base SUV, where we have like, all his medical assistants are a teen and maybe a tween. And you know, you've got like the oldest one, you got Mare holding an artery shut with like clippers. 
and with 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 four, little forceps. Yeah, and then we've got Nora handling handling, uh, handling the, the needle, like, sewing needle and string. And he, when he does his little, when he's like, "Are your hands clean?" She, oh, definitely not. No, I loved that moment. Super cute. Yeah. And that was I. I thought the that like making the the car dynamic. I thought it did a good job with things like that. Yeah, the the car for a movie that takes place in large portions inside or around yeah. a crashed car. Yeah. It was really dynamic. I my only criticism of it was that there were moments where I was like, why is Mare was often sleeping in the broken window side? Yeah. And I was, I was always like, like can anytime someone I remember get that the that child window away from the broken window was just shattered out. I was like, yeah. why the fuck is anyone in the front of the car? Right. Like, That's oh my God. Get. So yeah, the car, cra- the car, the lion fully just like busts out that side of the window. Yeah, it would be our driver's side, but it's the passenger yeah. side in this car. And everyone keeps accessing and using that window like it's normal, as yeah. opposed to like it's just not the opening for a lion. Yeah. So inevitably, Mare ends up getting like lightly mauled because yeah. she is like ha- she's just hanging out in the driver's yeah. side or in the in the passenger side, and the lion tries to grab her because it doesn't know that she's good. And uh, I was just like, come on, that's just that was one of those those few moments where I was like, mm, this is why, again, why Nate's a bad dad. Yeah. A good dad <laughs> would have said, hey, hon, you can't be near the open window. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come back here or sit in the same seat as your sister because it's not going to work right there. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, a, a more a more present father, I think, would have taken that initiative to keep his daughter from getting mauled. I, I really, I wish for my desire for bloodlust. I wish we had had more uh, graphic kills of the poachers. Like a bunch of them, yeah. a, a number of them die. But I wanted to see, like, like in, in watching crawl, in watching uh, crawl, and mm-hmm. getting like getting the alligator spin move yeah. and things like that. It was like, no, like show me the lion biting his head off. Like you just like we get great like lion comes out of the darkness like a missile and like dispatches of guys in in trees and bushes but i wanted to see like arms coming off i wanted to see like real because we get a man versus lion yeah fucking nightmare showdown (laughs) at the end i was shocked at like that we were supposed to believe he would still be alive like it becomes idris versus super lion and it like because what we we get the plant at the beginning of the movie when we start going into the game reserve is mm-hmm. that they're going to observe a nice pride of lions, the ones that hug Charles O'Copley. And they that's that's where the pride lives. Yeah. And we get told, he explains to the kids, like, what they do is this is their area. And if like another predator or like another lion comes into this area, those two males will fight to the death to like kill it or run it out. So we're like, mm, that's probably gonna come back later. So at the very end of the movie, when we've ended up back in the lion's pride area and we're like trying to triage care on mare, but the lion's still loose, et cetera, et cetera. The only plan he has, and it's a good plan, is they've got no bullets left, they're fucked. And he's like, I need you girls to stay here. And in his mind, we don't hear this yet. He starts running for the other lions because he's trying to lead super lion to the happy pride of lions to have those males kill it because they're going to want it out of its territory. But he does. And like, you see the pride of lions in the background and they just stand by for a while. While this lion is 
fucking up, Doctor Nate. They they were they were just biding their time to oh, see how it shook. Like, they were just seeing how it shook out, and yeah, it was once after the second or third swipe. Oh. I was like, that dude, he. His arm isn't shouldn't be attached shouldn't anymore. Shouldn't be attached. Like he yeah. has like six inch lacerations into his torso right now. Like this, his yeah. guts, his back. This lion is literally like, like gnawing on his back, and he's getting like ripped around and like jerked about. And it was like, this man is ribbons. He's yeah to ribbons and it keeps happening and you see like the lions kind of like circling around like assessing their point of attack mm-hmm. they are not trying to hurry and save this man well, sorry like, to this man this is not our priority right now they eventually finally intervene yeah and and annihilate super lion but not until we watch uh, this man get his. I love. There's a line from Charlotte Copley where, like, Nate's like, I, he's like, I gotta come get you. I gotta come get you. And Charlotte tells him, he's oh. like, No, you can't. You can't. And he's like, If you see, if you come across that lion out there, you are going to get into a fight. You are not built to win. Yeah. And it's like, Yes, you are not. You are not physically, naturally designed. To win this war, you're there is, fucked. There is no world like he throws a couple good punches at that lion. Credit where he does punch due. the lion a he, number of times. He punches the shit out of that lion, and that lion does not stop. No, and this no. is like quite. Uh, he gets a knife in the shoulder of the lion yeah. at one point in the climax fight, and that's that, that's that's not gonna you know the lion the walks lion away, he's kind of shaking it off, but that's not that's not the end of it. Yeah, the lion is again. If this lion has survived. Being inside of a car that blows up. Blows up. Blows up. He he survives a bomb. He does he survives being immolated. And yeah. yet Doctor like Doctor Nate's not stopping him. Nope. I, I I loved I thought you were gonna bring up that when Martin is on that isle that little island after he's been wounded. Yeah. And Nate's like, I have to come get you. I have to come get you. And he's like, You can't. This is a trap. Yeah. He's I'm like, bait. I think I'm the I'm bait. bait. Which I was just like, I, I, I am so into whenever, like, yes, great. The lion doesn't like any humans. Fine. But if a lion, if the disaster animal is tactical, Mm. oh, I am in. Give me, I wanted that lion to set traps for them. I wanted Dr. Nate to end up like hoisted up in the air with a slip, a slip knot rope, like by the ankle. Yeah, which like he I basically wanted... does the lion basically does accomplish at the very beginning of the movie with the the um poacher cold open. Yeah, so I actually Great just stuff. full full disclosure, I did Oh yeah, he did. They he did actually lure one of the poachers into yeah, a trap. Into his own trap. I did I missed the first like minute and a half of the movie because I showed up too late. <laughs> because was, you I did was... not budget time for the city walk, did you? It wasn't so much I didn't budget time for the city. It was a combination of misjudging my day combined <laughs> with getting confused about parking at City Walk. That's what I mean by judging yeah. time at City no, Walk. No, I didn't. Parking. Yeah. I didn't plan out, like, where, I didn't realize where I was supposed to be parking. I almost went into employee parking. It's neither were here nor there. Were you, like, 20 the, was, the last time you were there? I was 22. <laughs> I was 22. I was... I was Fresh out of Tish. 
I, yeah, which as soon as that daughter said that she was applying to Tish for, for photography, I wanted to like jump through the screen and shake her and be like, don't do it. As get a soon general as I degree. heard her say Tish, I thought of you and Sarah, oh. friend of the pod. I, I was I just was like, please, the worst. The only thing that's more traumatizing than surviving a lion attack in the middle of the of South Africa is going to Tish. So don't do it, child. I really do learned it. that if someone says they loved their time at Tish, red flag. Oh, my God. Red flag. I don't know. I've met quite a few people who've gone through that school at this point. Uh-huh. It is astounding yeah. how how much people say bad things about it i love the university of oregon can't say enough good things anybody i know and like who went to tish is like god what a fucking hellscape yeah oh wow tremendously bad decision for <laughs> anybody who chose to attend and meredith don't do it don't do it meredith don't go you... from the lion frying pan into the tish yeah. fire Although as I was watching, like after at the end, I was like, "Man, she's gonna have such a good admissions essay, though." <laughs> yeah, she's a lock. She's a lock. Yeah. Full scholarship. I just want to go to the dorm that's comprised entirely of disaster children who, and they're like two truths and a lie. All of them are sitting around me, like, "Okay, so two truths and a lie. Um, I'm allergic to tomatoes, and uh, I my mom is a doctor, and I survived a lion attack." Yeah. And uh, Angelina Jolie adopted me after fire jumping me out of a hazard area in the <laughs> big sky country. Uh, my childhood best friend was attacked by an octopus during a regatta race. Yeah. Yeah. He died. <laughs> I, he, I'm the sole survivor of, it a out. of I'm the sole survivor of an octopus attack on a regatta. Yep. Yep. And, yeah, no. you know, thank God I got to go home to my grandma Shelley Winters. That was his mother. Don't you dare. Shelly Winters was no, his mother. No, that was not his That was his mother. That's right. That was his mother. That's right, because I, I started the movie thinking that he was just like, because it's like the 70s, and yeah. I was like, oh, he's a he's a neighborhood boy that they've taken in. Like, no, no, no. He's a that feral was... 70s child. And then when it was like my son, I was like, yeah, that's, with that's which man, could... Shelly Winters? One of her three husbands. And that's how she could sign him up for the regatta was because she was his mother. And I didn't and even then at she... that point... Th- I think it was she was the mom I thought I was like oh she's lying because he's the neighborhood boy she's adopted and she's pretending to be his mom my mind was not allowing me to accept that she was his mother she was in her late 50s in that movie so that was just like <laughs> and he, he was, was like oops what baby. 10 yeah that was that was a I didn't think I was still ovulating baby yeah yeah I thought I yeah. was I thought I was menopausal yeah I thought this well it dried up yeah <laughs> yeah Shelly would have told us that yeah but, <laughs> that's, uh, and that's what she told all the men she had sex with like oh absolutely. there's no danger here yeah this this factory is closed <laughs> yeah no worries oh my god but yeah the uh as soon as mayor said she was gonna apply to tish i was like you don't do this to yourself child there's so many better options in life just you can take photographs without taking photographs and paying ninety thousand dollars <laughs> yeah. a year for it i really i really liked the symmetry in this movie how like when they get to Mart Mar Marvin Martin Martin Martin's house. Um, he has f- photos framed and hanging up that their mom yeah. took from from years and years and years ago. And then at the very like, and he's like, "Oh, she loved this tree. She loved to photograph this tree." And at the end, the whole family goes to the tree and they set yeah. up a picture for a self timer. And then like, surprise! There's a bunch of birds that fly out of it, and it creates this like really charming, silly picture of the of the three of them. And I was like, "That's a great little ending." 
That's a I, that's a nice way to button this up. I liked it, but I was expecting the tree to serve more of a role in the plot itself. I, I did too. I for, thought they were gonna. I thought the tree was gonna like I save they their were lives. Gonna, I, I was waiting for the two girls to be up in the tree while their dad fought the lion. Like I was waiting for that yeah. moment so that you could have the like mom protected them while dad totally. saved them. Like I was waiting for that moment and we didn't get it. So I was kind of bummed because I did love the like the appear the whole photo thing. I loved that connection of the daughter. Like, you obviously knew exactly why the father was going to have issues with her, which is what he says ultimately, which is that whenever I look at you, I just see her. The classic. Yeah. You just remind me so much of her. Guys. Oh, I just got to say, get some fucking therapy. Don't put that on your child. Oh, I don't know who's listening. Who's going to project that onto their child. I assume no disaster diva would dare do such a thing. But let's move away from that trope, because I am so sick of as somebody who is unreal. Like, just don't don't make that a thing. It's gross. I it remember sucks. when when Sam came in and we did the motivation. the Army of the Dead episode mm-hmm. and there was a, that was a scene in Army of the Dead was the oh. touching Ella Purnell is the daughter of Dave Batista. Right. They're estranged. And they have this moment of he's like, I became despondent and estranged from you because you reminded me too much of your dead mom. And it's like, oh, that's huh. you atoning right now is admitting yeah. that shit. Wow. Yeah. And also, I mean, like, okay, you're not still, I mean, at least the wife is, has not been dead that long in this movie. Yeah, yeah. But by the same token, it's kind of like, okay, but you're, you're moving on though, mentally and emotionally. I know you are. (laughs) Like, I know you've moved on a little bit, like once or twice. So maybe (laughs) don't hold that against your daughter that, you know, you feel guilty that you've boned somebody. It's a real, it's a real, like, it is the... It is the tragedy equivalent of, as a father of daughters, I yeah. now respect women and realize that I haven't been good to them, Shia LaBeouf. It is <laughs> 100% that, like, oh, I didn't realize you had humanity as an autonomous being that deserves my respect, and if I'm your parent, like, my love, until just this very moment, because I've been holding you responsible for things completely out of your fucking control until this very moment in time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's truly like, again, this is why he's just the worst. Like, I'm sorry. I, I was not, not rooting for Nate, but I also was never at any particular moment. Like this is somebody who I actively want to spend more time with because unfortunately, as much as Idris was doing, Nate was, just kind of exactly who you thought he was. Yeah. And that's the problem with like, I mean, he was just like, oh, okay, were you, you were you a negligent, crappy f- husband? Were you a negligent, crappy dad? Now you're trying to make up for it and you're going to do it in this really over the top way. Of yeah, really over to the South top Africa? way. Okay, cool. Um, oh, and now you're going to atone for the fact that your wife died from cancer when death came to your door and you weren't there to tell it to walk away. I loved that long. I loved that long metaphor. I was like, they are making this worth it. I mean, at that point, you're just like, okay. He, I, at that moment, I was like, he is going to have to walk out of a door as the lion is coming to a door. And sure <laughs> as shit, sure enough. They somehow, that's why it couldn't happen in a tree because the lion, they were in like this abandoned schoolhouse because yeah. they had to have the lion literally because no one closes doors in this whole sequence. Okay, yeah. Someone could just shut a door. It's not a raptor. It can't use its claws to open anything. <laughs> and maybe, and it, it's it's very much on the reality index. Uh, it is absolutely repeatedly demonstrated this movie implicitly that this lion has no sense of smell. No, this lion. No sense of smell. No eyesight. You, 
You no. don't exist. And you have to be quite loud for it to notice where you are. This yeah, is it's, not it's a the T-Rex rules for sure. Yeah, it is. It has perhaps been wounded so so um substantially up to this point that its senses that do not involve um just the physical act of killing and sight are rendered useless idris is like there's so many times when things are like straight up in the eye line of this line <laughs> or somebody idris at one point is hiding himself in a tree directly above the lion the lion yeah. senses nothing no, it was great. I w- th- that moment, and then so if a you few close the door later, on this lion, you don't exist. You don't exist. No, this uh, the lion not only has no object permanence, um, the lion does not have any any sense of like hunting skills. Apparently, it's no. Really, there's like, a there's a almost hilarious moment to me when in the the abandoned school where the poachers yeah. have been been setting up, where the girls have ended up uh, near the good pride of lions, they're standing on the other side of very see-through shelving looking at the lion yeah as though they're on the other side of a steel wall and it's it's like like this lion is from this lion has cataracts this lion is blind this lion lost its eyes in the explosion and is operating on instinct at this point because very obvious like prey are close at hand no idea at one point prior, to, so after Idris is in the tree, then he's like walking through the swamp um, where there are no crocodiles. Yeah, they've gone home. They've they're they're like I'm out. I'm done. I'm not messing with this lion. Yeah, I'm the lion has frightened everything away. Yeah, so he's he's making his way through the swamp because um, he's gone to look for the keys that the poachers had. And he, yeah, he they need the poacher truck. It's yeah. their only way out. And he hides under a like fallen log that the lion is standing on top of directly he and could touch lion, he could touch this cat yeah, with and his the fingers. lion is just like kind of just sensing it's like i know something is here but something i don't know here. where it is i couldn't the, say you could no idea i could have sworn it's like the lion is reacting the same way i do when i walk into a room and i know my glasses are somewhere but i just can't remember where i put them right yeah hmm yeah, and it's, it's like, like uh, I could look. I, know I walked in here for something. I could look down. I'm not no. even going to do that. No. I just wonder. I wonder. It was. I, I, if we actually flip to the lion point of view, the lion is delivering a stirring monologue in that moment. Yeah, the lion is seeking vengeance for his family mm-hmm. and has no idea what's happening. Yes, him. this lion has been blinded by grief, oh and that's why it can't see anything. But it couldn't see anything. Like, the lion was operating by T-Rex rules long before the explosion. Very much. Oh, yeah. very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. The explosion hasn't even happened yet at that point. No. Because Martin's still alive. So, no, that lion just, that lion is on its, like, I, for something that is ceaselessly killing, it's got a lot of energy. Yeah. For something that looks like it is being held, like a torn up toy it yeah it looks like the oldest stuffed animal in your collection yeah it it truly like the really like busted looking lion from mr rogers (laughs) that's what this is yeah he's he's in a bad way and i i i was hoping that it would be a you know handshake 
lion and man band together to kill the poachers thing and then they respectfully let each other go like rogue i was sad we had i i i'm glad at least you know what i think it was a very smart choice that the lion died by lion on lion violence because no human had the right to vanquish the lion whose pride had already been wiped out by poachers I was glad at least it was lions fulfilling the natural order yeah, in the way that they would behave. Rectifying being like, hey, yeah, like we don't give a shit what you've been up to out there. We root for you, honestly. But now you're here and mm-hmm. it's our fucking duty to slaughter you because this is our space and you clearly mean everything harm and we can't risk the pride over here, so we have to kill you. And that was at least a, a respectable, organic way for our villain lion to die, even though yeah. he was justified. Yeah, I'm mean, short of the daughters killing it, which is what I would have liked the most. Mm-hmm. I yes, this was the right move. This, I mean, the truth is, is that this whole movie, because this move, friend of the pod, Aaron Biba. Yeah, yeah. When um. When the Lion King came out, spoke with the foremost lion expert in the world for oh. National Geographic and yeah. did a whole thing about what we actually know about lions, which it turns out that a lot of the stuff, the preconceived notions we have about lions, wrong. Mm-hmm. And the biggest one is that we think it is that it turns out lions are actually a matrilineal society. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So just from that aspect of it. Which they, they do leaning- note in this movie. They do. They do make the note that the good pride revolves around the matriarch yes who is wounded right but the idea but they do the same thing of like the females hunt and then yeah. the males and it's like that's actually not how it works which the one the one of the things the movie does right which i thought was really interesting is that male hunter males are ambush hunters mm. and that's how why we've never known prior prior that males hunted because understandably if you were a researcher you were not going to go into the tall grass yeah, you, you and, aren't and, sticking around to find out. Yeah, you're not heading into the tall grass, which is where it turns out lions, male lions hunt from. So, I mean, going in, like, obviously this was going to be a movie about the way that men protect their families or don't protect their families. And yeah. so I was like, of course, we're going to end up with the male lion. Like, of course, that's how this ends is that the male lions hunt the big hunt, the other one. And like he, you know, Idris Elba protected his family and this is dad, this is what dads do but yeah. <laughs> I would have I would have loved it to be the sisters do, getting the best of the lion. Mm-hmm. I think that would have just because they, again, they were short of Martin, the most equipped to be out there. They were. They were so ready. They were so good for it. They and were they, so good for it. They were, they were making all the right choices. The daughter thinking Nora thinking fast and jamming that that uh, trank dart in the ass of the lion yeah that was awesome Clever great moment child great moment and so i was i was hoping for that i was because i have nothing but faith in those girls that they can accomplish or kill any animal they <laughs> yeah anything they can do anything yeah. i believe it so i but i did i did love that we got that 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 i did love that we got the lion pack at the end kind of coming back and giving us that moment of moment of lion lion on lion vengeance yeah yeah and i i'm glad it didn't i'm glad dr nate wasn't able to take him out yeah that would have been i like thank god for that that there was yeah him being able to like prove himself in that way would have been like fuck my ass right 
That would have just... I, I, and I believe that Idris Elba can do a lot, but I don't believe that he can beat a lion in a No, fight. no. I just don't. Especially, you know, it's... And as we're, as of course it is noted in the movie, like, uh-oh, this is a really big lion. Yeah. Like, people who are used to, like, who are aware, have a... have a, a per, Lions are in their purview of knowledge, are like, yeah. this is a really big lion. Because you can't, you can't have a normal lion going up no, there and doing No, it's gotta this be stuff. the mega... You need, yeah, you need, a, like, a kaiju lion. Yeah. It always has to be the kaiju lion. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah. One of the very satisfying things about all these movies is that the li- the animal is always much too big for the actual, for nature. Like, that's always very satisfying. That's why you need two of them to take, two lions to take down the one mega lion. My uh, dear friend, Botcast co-host Margot Carlson, uh, has a fear of animals that are larger than they should be. Mm. So, like, an elephant, fine, because elephants are big. Yeah. But it's like a rodents of unusual sizes situation. Okay. So if if a animal is just like has exceeded beyond the physical scope of what that animal should be, get it out of here. I would okay. I wonder I would imagine like a giant jellyfish maybe falls under that category. Yeah, like, I was going to That ask, jellyfish like, shouldn't be question. the size of a fucking car kind of thing. I mean cuz jelly like there are just species of jellyfish that are that large. Yes. So like I don't know if you have an answer to this, but now I need to know giant ground sloths which were intended to they were that large at one point how does she feel about them i think if if you presented like hey if you were in a zoo and you saw a sloth and then you saw like which is like what our mind understands and then they were like and look we found the last remaining giant ground sloth i think that would be a like nope we've tipped past it we've jumped we've jumped over the line inappropriate too too big interesting interesting find that fascinating like there's certain animals i totally get like i wouldn't want to see a giant ant that's upsetting but like yeah uh, my favorite thing is animals that are too large for like Uh, megafauna are megafauna are my favorite i love megafauna as a concept i think that's great giant bugs no like the giant the giant centipedes things like that i remember a friend of mine lived in uh austin for a while and i remember her sending me a photo from like her office like third Mm -hmm. floor window taking a photo out the window onto the parking lot because there was like a like a red devil centipede walking or like snaking around on the ground and she mm-hmm. took a photo of it from that height just to demonstrate how visible that bug is from three stories up. I don't know what they are and I'm going to google that right now because and they're I think I'm going to be really unhappy about this. So big and awful. I don't Oh my god. <laughs> That's the size of a dollar. They're, yeah, they're huge. That's so large. Yeah, they are fucking big. Texas is like our Australia, I think, uh. in terms of wildlife that can hurt Yeah, I you. mean, of, of things that, like, could kill you if they wanted to. It's yeah. as close as we get, I would just, I would think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just don't like that. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. not, not in a phobia way, just in, like, a... That just doesn't seem like we should allow that anymore. And I think like, that's kind of... I think that's kind of... the need for large centipedes i think that's kind of where more margot comes down is like no yeah oh no, no, I mean, that's not you that's much too big unacceptable you yeah. but yeah. like a, a giant sloth like that's just that's i would just be so thrilled big. if i looked out my window right now and there was a la brea sloth yeah walking down the street i would be like at last yeah the that's, world I, I've always wanted to live in. I would, I, if, if I could travel through time, I would probably go to the sometime in the Ice Age versus going to like something in the mm. Jurassic or Cretaceous period. 
I, as much as I love dinosaurs, I would still rather, I think, see a megafauna. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just fucking awesome. They're just so cool. They're so big. They pooped out avocado pits. Like, what's not to love? <laughs> what's not to love about that? Yeah. Yeah. That that would be, uh... you know what that makes me think of is our beloved hmm. La Brea, obviously. And I yeah. just have to say, at the time of this recording, you guys, the um, the Emmys are happening and Shouts out to you, NBC, for knowing where your bread is buttered, for having Natalie Z, LaBrea Scar, out there on that stage presenting an award because and like uh, for special effects. What, and what as better, she like as the announcer name, they've got like the mm-hmm. like the the giant animals on like a screen on a visual behind her, just like star of NBC's La Brea with animals behind her, Natalie Z. That was, is, I was very excited with that moment. Yeah, just it was like as close as it, as La Brea is ever going to get to the Emmys, and I'm thrilled. Hundred percent, yes. And that it was our time to shine in that moment. It was. I was very excited about that. Should have got that handle on Twitter, NBC. I know, NBC. Can you imagine what we're going to do with it in season two? Probably nothing. But we have it. But we have it. Now, does that mean we've arrived at what this is really about? I think we have. Yeah. I think that we have arrived at that. Jordan, what do you think this movie was really about? Yeah, this is is a, I think in a lot of ways, a well-done iteration of a popular theme uh on a popular sort of theme among disaster girls coverage which is like like nature and disaster as metaphor for man's for a one man's failures and his inadequacies and you know his hero's journey has to be becoming the father that frankly we didn't believe he always was but that narrative tells us he always was inside and he just needed to realize um and it is it is also for me then the extension of that it is about how children should at the earliest possible moment stop seeing their parents as um heroes and just see them as people so that way the way that they the ways that they can let you down at least don't include some like shattering of an illusion of their of their perfection i feel like i've always had a very realistic view of my parents and that meant that like i didn't ever cross this bridge where i was like what do you mean they're not superheroes like no no they were always people and i could see them as people and understand them as people and these girls came down crashing hard when they had to realize their dad wasn't up to the fucking job when their mom had cancer. So these girls, hopefully they have a very measured and distant relationship with their father when they become adults and they don't allow him to hurt them anymore because they don't put any responsibility on him to be emotionally accountable to them because he can't be. I like it. I like it. Mine is a variation on yours, which is go to therapy so your kids don't have to. Yeah. Um, if Dr. Nate had just gone to therapy... Yeah, it agrees. Clearly a man of medicine, a man of science. So if he had just gone to therapy when his if he and his wife had done couples therapy, if he had gone into therapy when all this was going down, he wouldn't have to take his daughters on this trip 
and now that he's going to be paying for so much more therapy we pay for so much more therapy and we have that thing he's a doctor because that's the only he has to afford therapy for himself and his daughters in addition to the pt he's gonna have to afford so much therapy and it it there is there's a very there it's a well-deployed line and i think it might be in the drunk the drunk night that he's having with uh Mm -hmm. charlton copley when he says like i always i just thought i'd have more time yeah and that is a very human thing to do and that like that was a that that wasn't a line i took issue with i don't think it was particularly damning of dr nate and it's very it's just like hey yeah hey hey everybody you don't have as much time as you think you do no because like even if it's not going to end in like the worst possible way just go fucking do the thing you don't actually have all like all of this excess time with people that you think you do so just fucking capitalize on the space and opportunity that you have otherwise mm-hmm. you're going to end up like dr idiot nate being like oh i just thought i'd have more time to get my shit together later and then we would get back together it's like well yeah and then that would have been a cute however many years of period of time that you didn't like that you weren't grateful for the person and the things that you had and you just wasted a chunk of your life. So good job, yep. Dr. Nate. And if he had just gone to therapy, he would have worked through all of that without needing more time. Yep, exactly. But exactly. instead, instead, he wound up in lion therapy. And no one wants to be in lion therapy. You don't want to be in lion therapy. No. If it's, if it's, it's, it's really, you know, another iteration on men will literally fly their children to South Africa and fight lions in a backwoods part of a game reserve rather than go to therapy it's true there's and nothing, it is true it's absolutely true well so in that case jordan would you fantasy cast this i would leave it as i i really like what they did because like yeah. because of like the nature of dr nate you have to have someone as naturally compelling as idris elba yeah to like go with him on this journey <laughs> um because you're like well i think yeah well yeah that's right but i really like idris elba um and it, yeah, and in, you know, and in terms of the reality index, additionally, that that is absolutely, um, that is absolutely what men are out here just not taking responsibility for and would rather go punch lions than fix their internal shit. So, like, yeah, actually, that movie nailed it. This movie yeah. nailed it in that regard. But, yeah, uh, I'm keeping the cast in place. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I would obviously, like, as we often have done, I would maybe gender flip it and have it be a mother and her daughters. Okay, yeah. Only because I think that that's always just like, I think that that's a fun, I think that's a fun in- interaction. I think yeah. that, but then we get real close to Rogue, so we're not going to do that. But <laughs> I, I am always in favor of watching some a woman punch a lion instead of a dude punch a lion. Yeah, but totally. for the movie that they were trying to make about it being about a dad learning to protect his daughters and all that shit, I'm like, yeah, you have to keep it as is. So I agree. I don't think that you do any, I wouldn't do any fantasy casting either. I, I and I enjoyed everybody in it. It was a great, great cast. It yeah. was a small cast and it just, it worked, man. It worked. It, it worked. It wasn't, this is not, this, I, I was texting someone as I left and he was like, how was the movie? And I was like, this is a great catch it two thirds of the way through on cable. Yeah, you're like, yeah. This is you're going to be happy to drop Sunday, in on this. A Sunday afternoon, you're channel surfing, there's nothing to watch, and you're like, yeah, you know what? Beast is on? Eh, it's on TNT. I'll just watch this for a little bit, and then you can check out. Mm-hmm. And you'll have, like, a fine time while yeah. you're on your phone, kind of half-watching Beast. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's a glowing recommendation for the kind of movie this is. So what does that mean your towering infernos are? Well, I'm not going to give it a lot. 
Mm. It's it's a fine movie. It's not a great movie. Mm. I three and a half. I had a good time. Mm. I enjoyed myself. The lion effects were good. Like one thing, credit where credits do. This it didn't feel rubbery. Considering I, the amount did, that we see in daylight, yeah, see like in full daylight lions. as well. Yeah, I was impressed. Yeah. I did really enjoy when Martin first is hugging those two lions. All I could imagine was the two guys dressed in all green that he was pretending to pal around with. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, we get great seed, good, good lion interact, high density of lion danger. Yeah, they, there is. Yeah. It's not like we're spending large periods of time without lion, the threat of a lion. I and surprisingly good daughters, like surprisingly yeah. good disaster kids. Some of the best we've seen. So I, I got three and a half. I feel like it's a good for for what this movie is. That's it did exactly what it needed to do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be generous on it. I'm gonna give it a four. Okay. I'm wow. gonna be generous on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I. I think because it takes some of those tropes that mm-hmm. we see, and and it does a really good job with some standard disaster tropes. It really yeah. punches above its weight with disaster children. Uh, Charlotte, it really having this be set in South Africa and having a South African actor who is the specific kind of good and rangy that Charlotte Copley is. Yeah, I is an excellent capitalization on like, like what came first, this script or Charlotte Copley? Like someone who was like, I got like I know this guy. I want to make a movie that would suit him really well and his deal. Or was it like? Well, I wrote this and there's one man for the job and it's Charlotte Copley. Um, and <laughs> I, I loved him. Uh, I loved seeing poachers get fucked up. Uh, the lion looked great. There, I do want more from it. I do want more from it. Just a little uh, something je ne sais quoi. Uh, but yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to generously score this one and be like, I, I, I got exactly what I was promised. I got exactly what I was promised. It did what it said on the tin. Mm-hmm. Looked good. And I I loved, and I, you know, because the daughters were so compelling and Idris Elba is, is so nice to watch. Really, I, I was moved. I was okay. moved at points by their, by their family feuding. So yeah, I'm gonna go four. I like it. I mean, that's a perfect, has a respectable number to give it. I... I couldn't put it quite that high because I just can't put it up into the echelon of a crawl. Yeah. I mean, and I so think I just, gave that had to. I, I think I think we did fives for crawl. I think like, we did fives. I, I just can't get up into spitting distance of crawl. This yep, movie doesn't fair. do it as well as crawl does. It does not. It does not. It crawl does not. is. But it still does it. Superior. Really, it's like rogue, then this, then crawl in the ra- my mental rankings. Uh-huh. And it's for me, kind of, it, would, it would be this, then rogue, then crawl. Yeah, I might Rogue actually, edges, I might flip it. And, but I, I know I'm you're, 100% Megan Fox biased. Yeah. Like, I cop to it, 100% Megan Fox bias. Yeah. And we got and we got the, like, hat tip human and lion uh, allegiance, which I love. Yeah, that did really, that, that moment really did put it, like, it was, hmm, yeah, I might, I might flip it. Now. Which bitch is gonna kill you? I oh, mean, I forgot about that line. You're oh. right. Okay. Take Which bitch is gonna, gonna kill, kill you? you. That That's right. Is fucking outstanding. <laughs> okay. So okay, fine. Mental rankings now: beast, then rogue, then crawl. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I forgot about that line. You're right. 100. percent That's a way to send a movie off right there. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. 
Well, Jordan, you know we got something exciting coming next week. Yeah, guys. It was a surprise even to us, this, this great was, news. This was really an unexpected and delightful email to wake up to one morning. Was, mm-hmm. uh, dear Dapper, friend of the of the pod, Paul Feig. Yeah, the, out to the say, VIP disaster diva. Yeah, reaching out to say, would we be interested in talking about when worlds collide? And disaster divas, we were. We were. We indeed were interested in talking about when worlds collide. And so we've got that coming up next week, uh, the 1951 classic, When Worlds Collide, with Paul Feig. I'm thrilled to have, uh, on the heels of something immediately modern, yeah, a 70 years back, Unbelievable. Uh, very uh, foundational piece yeah, of this, disaster this is movie, truly a found- disaster movie history. As we with Paul, this is a foundational text, ultimately. Literally the most recent, with one of the oldest. Mm-hmm. And it's a really fun, like, as it always is with him, which is an insane thing to say. But as it's always, like, a great time with Paul, it's a really good episode. I'm really psyched for you guys to hear it. Yes, yeah, I'm really, and it's it's great to have an enthusiast uh, be like, hey, you need to have something on your radar. It's like, you're absolutely right, we do. And that keeps us abreast of the expanse of this genre, which we yeah. always need to be, always need to be doing. It's, there's so much. In this genre, uh, that one of the things, like whenever I'm on the phone with my dad and I'm talking about the podcast, he's like, "Do you, are you guys gonna, aren't you guys gonna run out of movies?" And it's like, "No, not really. There's so many. Yeah, there's I mean, just so go to Tubi, Mr. Yeah. Smith. Like, there's so many, <laughs> so many. And then now if we're diving back into the 1950s. I mean, man, we've. You're right, 70. Like, I didn't even think about that. That was 70 years ago. Because like my head wants to say 50, and then I'm like, no, it's not no. the year 2000. Like, we are 20 into the 21st century. God. 70 years. 70 years. It's a fun one, guys. It's a yeah. really good movie. Like, it, it, that is definitely one of those ones you've got to take the time now. You can rent it, watch it. It's worth it. Yeah. Um, and that's what we got going on for next week is mm-hmm. special guest Paul Feig. As the, the specialist guest. He is the specialist guest. But in the meantime, Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U. Uh, hit up the Feeling Scene pod for great interviews. Hit up the Ottsterion pod because we do have new episodes of that coming out now, me and Sam. And uh, go to Seed and Spark and search Give Me an A and donate to the anthology feature I'm a producer on because we are trying to put money back in the pockets of our artists who have helped us make this thing. We are like a third of the way to our $25,000 goal. So you guys should go be a part of the solution and just give some bucks to that because we want, this is independent cinema friends and we are bootstrapping it all the way. You heard it here to disaster Zivas. Yeah. And you can look up, you can Google, give me an A deadline and read about it in the trades. We're yeah. legit. We're for it's, real. It's a real thing. It is yeah. an actual real thing that you should donate your good human money to. Yep. Right, and Amanda, uh, how about you? I'm Amanda Smith says on Twitter. Um, that's where I am most of the time, if not all of the time. And uh, I don't know. I got I got nothing. I've already I've put out my pitiful request for people who have who know managers multiple times. <laughs> if, uh, if any of you know the Pate brothers, you guys know that we that's are right. With the idea of getting the Pate brothers on this podcast. If anybody who's listening knows Brett Goldstein and wants to tell him that he should go out with me, I'll take that too. Like, really? There you go. Guys, just kind of. There's just, a shopping list here. I don't know. It's just kind of a, uh, if you think it, dream it, 
make it happen for me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So you can find us. We're Disaster Girls Pod uh, at gmail.com. We're Disaster underscore pod on Twitter. Hang out with us there. We're always, I'm, again, always there. Um, and please take a few seconds to rate and review us on all of the appropriate podcasting things spotify and apple especially because i've been seeing that most of you guys are listening to us because i control the metrics now most of you guys are listening to us on itunes or on spotify we're at 99 reviews in the u.s on spot on apple if you want to take a second be number 100 you know just be the change in the world guys and by in the world we mean specifically for our podcast and otherwise we'll see you back next week for when worlds collide with paul feig all right bye That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>